Hi and welcome. My name is Josh Stone and welcome to another episode of the Ignite podcast. The Ignite podcast is dedicated purely to the engineering and construction industry. Join me as I interview serious change makers, leaders and business owners who are creating significant shifts in the industry, leading inspired teams, running successful businesses and in general making big things happen. As the old saying goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. This podcast is all about bringing like-minded change makers, leaders, and business owners in the engineering and construction industry together to share their stories, their strategies, their ideas, and their mindset on what's working for them right now in order to help you learn from the best to implement and to grow as well. Now, if you'd like some help growing yourself, your team, or your business even faster, head over to my website, www.coachignite.com for more resources or book in a call and we'll map out a plan together for you to move forward with confidence. In the meantime, hit the subscribe button so you get notified about future episodes. Sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Ignite podcast. Uh, Today I'm being joined by Jeremy McDonald. Mate, welcome to the call. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for having me. Easy, mate. Um, so, look, I've uh, yeah, I've done a bit of done a bit of research, and you've had a, you know, I've had a bit of a catch up uh, beforehand. But maybe just yeah, quick sort of thirty second or a minute on um, on you and your journey to date, mate. What um, and where you, where you got to right now? Yeah, so it all started early after after high school. I had um, made a decision to go straight to university, and I was still still seventeen. Um, and I left home, uh, moved two hours up the up the coastline, up to Brisbane, and 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 I just launched straight into an engineering degree. So um, uh, from there, I, I really just found myself at 21, already had finished my degree, so I was still quite young. Yeah, and I, I was still um, finding my way, and I and I didn't really know what I wanted to do in the engineering field, and I just happened to score a, a job at a building services consultancy. So. Um, I took the job. I was still in my final exams and um, I thought that was a great way for me to um, secure my position before I, I left uni and have a, have a role to move on to. So that, that company was a, um, a large company called Norman Disney and Young and um, some of the listeners, a lot of the listeners would know of them. So I joined the graduate program and um, uh, I learned everything on the job, you know, university only prepares you so much. And um, yeah, so I started to learn the trade of electrical engineering and, and building services. And um, my career uh, took me um, down the path of um, joining a small to medium enterprise after that, um, that was still growing a lot of, um, a lot of um, change and momentum. So I was excited by that. So I, I joined a company um, called Medlar Metropolis and, um, we did different types of projects, a lot of a lot of variety, and um, you know I was doing a role of project engineering at, at Medlar Metropolis, and um, that kind of leads me into where I am today, running an engineering consultancy, multidisciplinary. Like I, I have experience from the larger um, corporate companies with the all disciplines, and and um, so that's what we're creating with um, with Walker Buy, which is now in February turns seven years old. So. Uh, we started in in Brisbane in 2015, and uh, we now employ almost 50 people um, internationally. Um, so uh, we are 
um, still doing the same type of work, building services engineering. And um, yeah, so now I, that's my role. I run the business, um, CEO of Walkerby, and uh, brings me to, to here. Mate, great. That's an awesome journey. And I guess, um, yeah, just, it, you know, it looks like, you know, state manager, director, uh, national operation manager through to CEO, like maybe tell us a bit about that specific journey with, with Walkerby. And I'm probably, I'm probably mostly curious. So a lot of um, obviously listeners and viewers of the, of the podcast want to want to know what, what's under the hood, so to speak, like what makes people tick, like what are sort of the traits of you that um, have allowed you your career sex, success to date? So, so maybe walk us through um, that sort of particular period with, with Walkerby and um, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but maybe some of the traits that you've really called upon from yourself to kind of, you know, really, really drive that through to, to where you are now as CEO. Yeah. Um, so much of what I've um, implemented at Walker By has come from 20 or 30 years of experience. It's, you know, owning the business and running the business has, has taught me lessons, but so much of how I approach business was learnt in the journey. And I'd say my leadership journey now, I've always tried to step up and be involved and be a leader, but I think in the engineering world, I first um, was a, um, exposed to a course by the Consulting Engineers Association. Um, it's had different names over the years, but they ran a seven-month leadership program. And each, each uh, fortnight, we covered different topics of, of um, contracts, um, staff development, training, like all these different aspects of, of leadership and 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 there was about i'm imagining about 10 people in the group back then it's so long ago now i can i can hardly yep. rem- remember but um uh but that really gave me a really broad understanding at an early age of of leadership and um so as i um and i always felt that i could um achieve it you know like it's something that i had a passion or a drive inside of me that um I, i've always wanted to do more than just deliver the work i wanted to make sure the clients were happy wanted to make sure that um that all the pieces would come together so part of it is the the inner desire the passion the the desire to achieve more and sort of that mentality of a a growth mindset that can always keep getting better Um, so when when we were just in our infancy at walker by we really had nothing we didn't have any AutoCAD templates. Uh, we didn't have any staff. Uh, we didn't have any processes. We had nothing. Uh, so I brought that mindset of, of constant and never-ending improvement so that um, when we implemented something, it was never final. Uh, so we would, we'd, we would work on it, implement it, and then improve on it. And, um, and then we're just continually doing that day in, day out. So um, I feel that that's really impacted on, on our journey. And um, yeah, so that's, that's a lot of pull, a lot of that experience from all of my life, from my, um, my engineering degree, my, my high school education, my friends and my networking and um, just personal development. So reading books, listening to podcasts, every single one of them makes a difference. You know, it, it could be a sentence in a book or it could be an entire 
course that you do that costs $10,000. It may have nothing to do with engineering, but the life lessons that I learned in, in doing those courses um, helped in my leadership journey and, and growing the business. Um, and so, um, yeah, so that combined with a lot of emotional intelligence with, with, with people um, is really what's defined how we've sort of um, progressed. And, and for myself, for my personal journey, you mentioned like those different roles. It's like each one was um, just a slight more challenging than the last role so you know a project engineer has a certain set of responsibilities a state director you, know, you might i might have added in a bit more financial responsibility and um and then as a as an owner and an operations manager and a, and a ceo kind of it's just been a progression and just you know compounding all the different skills on top of each other and um yeah and just having an open mind to sort of learn new things Mate, there is so much in that download. That's amazing. Um, so have you read Carol Dweck's book um, about growth mindset versus fixed mindset at all? No, I haven't. And um, I'll be keen to have a read. Yeah, it's a great book. And so I'm super curious about, I want to I want to unpack and dive into a couple of key sort of things that you've, you've raised there because um, I think there's so much gold in what you're explaining, which is so... In the words of Carol, um, Carol Dweck, in terms of that, in the, that book that I'm talking about, she talks about people who have a fixed mindset, who believe that they are born with a certain set of skills, they have a certain set of traits, and this is just who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. There's no ability to get better. Um, who I am now is who I'm going to be in 40 years' time. So they're people who have a very sort of fixed, closed mindset. Um, but then obviously the opposite is the growth mindset, where obviously you know, numerous studies have shown now that the brain's malleable, we can develop new skills, we can learn new ways of doing things, but we have to apply ourselves and we have to um, have to apply ourselves and have to kind of be comfortable getting uncomfortable. So moving outside of our comfort zone and kind of always recognizing that that's another skill that I'm, you know, adding to the, to the bow um, of my skill set. So um, what, what is a growth mindset to you and how do you sort of, is it something that you consciously apply to everything in your day uh, or is it just something that you kind of naturally do and it's just come naturally to you? Um, yeah, now that I'm nearing 40, I have an, enough life experience to start to realise that a lot of the um, things that I learned away, uh, along the way were having an, an impact and I didn't realise it. Um, so some of it is just... Um, you know, subconsciously the way that I act or behave, it creates different outcomes. And um, so that's what I've noticed. And, and as I reflect back, um, you know, a lot of the, the, the effort I was going to improve myself um, was definitely having an impact. Um, but yeah, for me, growth mindset is def I'm definitely not static. I'm a different person today than I was years ago. And um, uh, uh you know, failure is something that is a, is a core topic that people talk about with these sort of, um, with these sort of discussions. And uh, I kind of have failed so many times, but I've never felt like I failed. Um, it, it just, for me, um, felt like that was all part, always part of the journey. So um, I think to have a growth mindset, you, you do need to have that relationship with failure that um, even when things 
go wrong. It's, it's a, it's a lesson to learn from. And, and so I think my, my approach to just continue and to let it go was being very helpful. And so I see that as a growth mindset is that you're growing, you're always learning, you're always adding on to what, and then, and then you hit this roadblock occasionally and you, it's sort of like a reminder. It's like you're, you already know how to have solved that or prevented that, but you allowed it to happen again. So it's like, um, so these little things are just reminders and um, yeah, that's, that's it. Tell me, mate, tell me more about what you go through. So you, you talked about hitting a roadblock um, and, you know, everyone in life, all the time we hit roadblocks. How do you, how do you approach when you either come to a crossroad or hit that roadblock? Like what goes on for you internally? Um, well, the old self would have um, internalized it and bottled it up. Okay. So um, uh, being a very logical thinking engineer, as engineers are, we try and yeah. analyze, analyze and, um, you know, look at everything and try and solve it and look at a problem and try and find that solution and analyze it and analyze it and analyze it. So when you hit a roadblock, it's like think, 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 think. But um, that that doesn't serve me. And it always was something that could like, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, negativity internally over the years that no one else would even know about, like the stress of growing a business or doing an engineering project that was major and complex. There's so much so much to hold on to, so many thoughts and, and things to go through that it can be very overwhelming. Um, but the, the moment I learned to open up and communicate, I think communication solves those, those problems. So, um, uh, you know, the, when you share a problem with someone else, just that process of talking about it helps yourself to start to comprehend the problem differently. And so you can move past those problems. So uh, I've learned that communication is the number one key and, you know, almost all um, problems can be solved with communication. Um, so yeah, that's my go-to now whenever I'm um, in a roadblock is to talk about it with people. Awesome. So it sounds like you've gone through a, a process of, um, and you're right, like, us as engineers, um, we are very, we're taught to be very analytical. That's all the training we go through at uni. We're taught to solve problems through, through largely kind of working it through in a logical fashion. And it sounds like you got to a point where you recognize that internalizing it, because um, I'm the same, when you internalize a problem, you just kind of go round and round and round in circles and you're only, you're only calling upon the knowledge that you have in your brain at that point in time and, your, and the sum total of your experiences. So it sounds like then you got to a point where you're like, well, it's actually collaboration and it's actually communication with others to flesh out problems is the way to go forward. Yeah, especially if it's a problem you haven't faced before. Um, yeah. You know, you're not even aware of how to solve it because you've never, you've never come across it, right? So uh, you could sit there and tell your own story and go back and forth in your own mind and like you, you kind of get stuck and more stuck. It's like uh, you kind of need someone else who's had some similar experience to give you that insight to, to then help you move on. Awesome. Awesome. Um, mate, I want to switch up a little bit and talk about at, at the start, you gave a download when you were giving a download, you talked about um, EQ versus IQ. So emotional intelligence versus obviously IQ, just straight intelligence. What's how important has emotional intelligence been for you on your, on your journey? 
Oh, it's the most important. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so in every interaction, so you could be um, sending out a schematic design on a project. You could be um, trying to convince a client that your solution is the best fit for purpose. Uh, you could be making a decision about whether to hire a new staff member, like all of these items. You need to assess how, like the emotional part of it. It's like you, you can have the best idea in the world, but if you can't communicate or sell that across to the other person or if they don't receive it, you've got to use your emotional intelligence to see where they're at. You know, like if they're not open to this amazing idea you have, it'll be roadblocked straight away. So you've got to use your emotional intelligence to go, okay, well, maybe this person is not ready to hear this yet. Maybe I've got to ask a different question. Maybe I've got to um, open up the conversation and then get to the point where maybe they are open to it. Um, yeah, so um, basically you can have all the IQ in the world, but if you, um, you know, are stuck in that logical brain, you're not going to be able to um, su- succeed in the way that I perceive success. Mate, yeah, massive smile on my face and music to my ears to sort of hear you talking about that because I think, um, again, in my years of working with the engineering and construction industry, that's where a lot of individuals who want to move from um, quite senior technical roles into leadership roles, people who want to start their own businesses, um, really, I'm not going to say fall down, I'm going to say underestimate the importance of EQ in terms of because, you know, business is a people game, right? It's, it's you know, your clients are people and, and clients want to do business with people they like. Team is obviously a people game in terms of wanting to build a high-performing team of people around you who are inspired, they want to push themselves, um, right. they, like to, they like to be pushed. Um, how... How have you gone about developing your EQ? Like, has it been a, a process that you've gone through, life journey, life experiences? Has it been intentional? Has it been? <laughs> you know? Some people like to um, play golf. Some people like to go to the pub. I like to uh, work on myself. Uh, it's 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 something that I um, would enjoy. Like, if I have a holiday uh, time off, I would make sure that I've got a book, um, or or if I'm in between. Like if travel, if I have to travel to the Gold Coast, it's it's an hour of of listening. Some people will throw on a you know heavy metal just to release, but I you know <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm like like I have a lot of energy that uh, comes from from these from these things. I love listening to other people, um, but I will, will would say that you've got to use the knowledge. You can't just uh, consume. So sometimes you might, you might even be stuck because I found myself stuck before because um, I spent so much time focusing on the consumption that I feel like I'm stuck and not going anywhere or not, not achieving. So you've got to actually you know, take the best parts about it and then implement it in your own way. So, um, yeah, so that's what I like, that's what I like doing. I like, I like, um, I like learning in that, in that form. Tell me, tell me more about the implementation for you. So how do you go about that? Yeah, so that's a that's a that's an interesting question because I haven't assessed I haven't assessed that before. How do I go about it? Because it feels so natural to, um, because it's it, it it's never it's never ending. So I have that's where the growth mindset comes in. I feel like I have, I have never actually 
you know, nailed it or got it in the zone. I've always got a little bit of push and a little bit of pull. And, it, and it's about finding the, the medium, the balance, the, you know, finding your intuition and listening to yourself and then knowing that if you back yourself and go with that action, then it's the right one. But just by having the reference point, you know, worldview, what, the way that you see everything, I think I've shaped my own worldview by what I've read and listened to. Listened to. So, um, you know, I think that that's played a big part in creating that emotional intelligence that just um, becomes my reference point then because um, it, it's inten- it is intentional. So I'd rather do that than um, consume something um, like, say, the news that is um, potentially um, downgrading in your mindset. So, um, yeah, just... It is very intentional, but then the implementation of am I intentional with that? Yeah, I'm not sure. It feels really natural. I don't, I don't sort of have a, um, a notepad that I follow religiously every day and uh, this is what I'm going to do. But um, certainly I think um, it's very intentional that, you know, what I feel in my mind is intentional. Yeah, yeah. and you, you come across as someone that's quite curious too. So I think that level of curiosity is always going to fuel you to want to try try new things, play around with different things. Um, but, I, but I know what you mean about, because um, I'm quite similar in terms of consuming podcasts, reading books. Um, you know, I think my ratio of, uh, you know, fantasy novels or whatever to, you know, to, to books that are going to help my mindset and psychology is about, you know, nine is, nine is to one. So I'm obviously, all, I always like to learn and grow. Um, but there is so much information out there and like I have my own process, but I'm curious about yours. Like, how do you decipher down? Because um, we can, well, actually, I'll, and I'll be curious about your view on this too. But we can really only be working on, let's call it, three to five things at any one time. That we're if we're implementing new things, it's we've got to give it a, we've got to give it time to. We're trying something new, get the feedback. Does it work? Is this something that I'm going to actually adopt as something that I'm, I want to do carrying forward? And that can be for us personally or with the team and the business. So in my experience, it's usually three to five things that we can be playing around with that are new and then obviously keeping the current stuff going. How do you work out what the new things are that you play around with? Yeah, so what I have done over, say, let's say the last five years since being a business owner is uh, really became aware of, of that, what you're describing, and um, I, I'm very realistic now and I know that it's only one or two, maybe five things that you can sort of work on. Uh, whereas I used to try every, every shiny object and, uh, you know, it'd be some, some sort of side hustle or something that you're trying to do, but I kind of um, shut that off and, um, you know, still have the growth mindset, but really honed in the focus of just going, um, what is the most important? And, um, what is worth it at the end of the day? Because um, it takes a lot of energy. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, that's, that's how I've approached it is, is followed your advice is just to only work on a few things, but in working out which shiny new objects to do. Well, for me, that's a little bit about that people. It's like who are the right people that can help with that? Because if, um, if I want to achieve 15 things, I can't do 15 things by myself. I can do two or three. Yep. But if I can um, find out, well, which ones are best suited for myself and my skill set and which ones, well, someone else has actually suggested it and it's a great idea and I'm not able to sort of 
put my attention on it, but they, they are, they're willing. They're, so you sort of like working together and, and that's where the EQ comes into it is like understanding yourself and what your skills are and the other person's and seeing how you can work in together. You've, you've led so nicely into where I wanted to go, which is, which is team and the people around you. Um, how, how do you use, so I love what you're talking about around, it sounds like you have a really strong awareness around you can't do everything and the things that you do choose to focus on will take effort and energy um, and will take time, right? Like any kind of new endeavour or new strategy will take days, weeks, months, potentially years to actually um, to actually come off and you can only focus on, on a number of them. So it is about leveraging the people around you to get more done. Um, how do you use... Uh, we're talking about EQ a lot here, um, which is awesome. Uh, how do you use the EQ piece to get the most out of people around you and how do you use EQ to um, broach that topic with someone around, hey, would you be interested in, in spearheading this, you know, new initiative X, Y, and Z? Um, so most of the, um, the EQ that I refer to is all internal of myself. So... Um, if there is conflict or, or, or something that's not going to plan, you've got to just look internally, work out why you're getting that sort of reaction and then readjust yourself. So I'm very self, I take ownership myself. And so then I'll approach the conversation with the person differently. And what comes to mind right now as I talk is, is if I'm trying to get something sorted through a call center, if I phone a call center and I'm trying to solve my Telstra bill or something, right, and, and I get a roadblock and I can't get anywhere, I, I hang up, I call again, get a different operator, and I start again with totally different questions and I end up getting what I want. So I kind of take that failure from the first one, take all the lessons and then reframe all my questions. So it, it takes a bit of practice. So like I might be working with a leader or something and, um, you know, it, something might have failed, but then I've, I've reassessed it, gone back in at a different angle, different questions. And, um, and that's how I work on it, like one-to-one. Um, but in a group, it's about the, um, the culture and the environment. So um, you've got to create the environment where people feel um, valued and open enough to put their energy into it. Like the, they, um, so, you know, one of the things we did early on was um, get everyone on a, on a meeting, get around introducing each other because we had people from different locations joining the business, never met each other, and just talking about their values and who they are and what they love doing. And um, we learned about things like uh, one person's really into calligraphy and these sorts of things that you don't even, don't even talk about. So that building that connection at, on a personal level can, yeah, dramatically change the way that people buy into whatever it is that you're, you're trying to do. So, um, yeah, you know, change management is a whole other topic. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky one. <laughs> um, but if, if change management is going to be successful, if you're trying to change the, add, add a process into your business or um, create a new element to your business, um, uh, you know, getting the communication right from the early days and allowing people to come along with the journey because, um, yeah, I've been guilty many times of 
um, analyzing, analyzing, analyzing and saying, yep, this is the way to do it. Yep. And then it all falls over because I didn't bring anyone else on the journey. So I, I am try to now embody um, this element of, of everyone. Everyone's important in the whole process and um, everyone has value. And if, if we're trying to achieve something, a new project um, in the business, trying to improve the business, um, we've got to just create that environment where everyone feels valued and then that their part is important. How do you, like, I love what you're talking about. How do you go about that on a, like, I'm sure what you've just described is something that happens over a three, six, nine, 12 month period of sort of getting, getting the culture right, getting people open and talking about each other, talking about their interests and getting the team sort of coming together um, to share those more personal elements. But how do you, or, or trying to work out the right question here how do you do that sort of stuff on a day-to-day like is that something that you're intentionally doing on a day-to-day is actually connecting with with the team making a point of checking in with individuals um, and going out of your way to do that personal check-in with individuals on a daily basis like how do you approach that team culture and cohesion piece Um, so I I have a formula that being an engineer I love formulas but I I have a formula right and the formula is Concept plus agreement equals detail. Okay. All right. So, um, and that's where the EQ comes in. If, if you can tell that there's no agreement, then do not proceed into the detail. So um, if, if I'm working with some, someone and some staff and we're negotiating because we're negotiating with our staff um, and, and there could be a... Um, a way of doing business that you're trying to encourage them to do because this is what we've worked out for our business. Um, you've got to ask questions, propose concepts, float ideas, and and get their acceptance. And if what you, does that look like? What does that look like? Yeah, like their acceptance. Is that buy into the process? Is that a yep? I'm keen. Let's do this. Um, like, what does yeah? What does it look like for you? Yeah, yeah. Well, it is is usually just it's verbal, right? They, they, they if they're willing to say uh, yes, but people might say yes, but then yes, not not <laughs> their exactly head. Right. Yes, yes, or or yes, but if if you can sense that there's a but or a or or their body language, because communication is more about the verbal. So if you can sense it, then that do not proceed. Don't go into the detail. So. Um, yeah, on a daily day, day-to-day basis, um, uh, I, I'm just um, using that as my gauge. So um, I float open questions like, how do you feel about or do you think we should? Um, and that, well, that's not an open question, but that second one might be the, the follow-on question that, um, that you can get their acceptance of. And if they say no, you've got to go back to square one. And, and so then you just keep working through these things. Because I imagine that, and I've, you know, in a, in a past life, I've worked with, I've worked underneath leaders and for, for bosses and directors who, if they get a no, as you've just explained or described, or they don't get buy-in, they just go, well, too bad, we're doing it anyway. And, <laughs> and, and so, um, 
that's obviously not a great way to build culture and it's not a great way to build um, that cohesive team unit. And so it sounds like for me, mate, you <laughs> could, be, could be a conversation for another day, but it sounds like the level of intuition that you have or that level of connection to, um, actually, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. What, what, how do you know you're getting a yes but from someone? Like how do you, what sort of signs do you look for? I know we're kind of diving in quite deeply here, but I'm super curious about this because, you know, engineers and in the engineering industry, we're not taught this stuff. We're not really taught how to read people's body language or, or look for cues and that sort of stuff. And so I think this conversation is fascinating that you're, you've developed those skills over the years and you're looking for those nonverbal cues. So, you know, what, is, what goes on for you internally? Is it a feeling or do you kind of look at them and go, ah, something's not right here? Yeah, I, I think that um, the, the, the different courses and things I've done outside of work over the years has helped. Uh, it would have been 15 years ago, I did a, a neuro-linguistic linguistic programming course. So and I, 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 never, I never like, um, you know, started, I never graduated and tried to help people quit smoking, but I, I was able to use the life lessons from it to to help read body cues and um and uh you know maybe it's some sort of sales training course that i might have done it, it's um it wasn't specifically for sales but it might have been some sort of um leadership or course or something that someone's trying to teach you something else to learn the sales aspect of of um of reading reading the people like you're your like the, the question and people people um, communicate through their their eyes their mouth their tonation um, so, you know, I, and I think even a lot of people that um, don't have necessarily the, the highest level of emotional intelligence, I think they can actually um, read it often, but they don't listen to their intuition. Like they'll, they'll say to themselves, oh, this person's lying or this person's not congruent, but, but they'll probably, I don't know, keep it to themselves or something. They won't, they won't change the way they behave because this is who I am, sorry. Um, back off we're going to do it anyway kind of approach yep whereas um yeah for it to succeed you need to listen to your own intuition and and then you don't have to call it out you don't even have to say anything you just have to understand that you don't have that agreement yep yep and is that something you learn to trust over time yep yeah every different when you read so many books they start to repeat themselves yep and they say the same things with different words, different language. And, uh, you know, so another, another key one is the, oh, so many years ago I read it, but that's seven um, habits of highly effective people, if that was yep. called. And that, yep. it's that it's that moment um, before you respond. So it's like you, the, the trigger or whatever, then you take that time, that moment, and then you respond. It's that, it's that, um, it's that moment to listen to yourself, you know, your intuition and then go back with, with your response. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something where you could um, pose a better question if, 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 you, if you're self-aware, if you're aware what's going on and not get triggered by um, not getting it your way. Mate, I love the conversation so far. Um, I want to chat about client relationships and how you have gone about developing and deepening client relationships over the years so obviously 
having really core solid client relationships is a foundation of any any business um, to get good repeat work from clients. Are there any kind of core strategies, techniques, techniques that you kind of go to for your client relationships to kind of really deepen and solidify them? Uh, yeah, so I would suggest that um, um, it can be applied in any area of your life in the same way. So um, in business, if you're trying to win more clients, um, it's trying not to sell on that first relationship, that first conversation. It's same with, um, say, your friends. Like if you're, if you're only calling your friend when you've got a problem, they're going to think you're using them, for yep. example. So if you're, if you're reaching out to them, just in general day to day and saying connecting, you know, just taking that effort and connecting. And it's not about, about something you need and, and you can help them in some way, then that will help the relationship. So uh, yeah, if you're, if you're reaching out to your clients to say, g'day, how are you going? What's, what's going on? It's, have you got any problems? Oh, I know someone can fix that. Um, so yeah, just, just being, um, just being, um, intentional with um, communicating with people when you don't need them mate i love that isaac literally just ran a webinar this morning and talking about client relationships and one of the things was um that i talk to my clients a lot about is call your clients for no other reason than to check in and just have that as a regular thing in your calendar call josh call jeremy call sophie you know it's just a regular thing that you're doing because we we have unintentionally conditioned our clients to um, we only call them when there's a problem, right? And there's, we only call them when there's some, a decision they need to make or something's gone wrong or there's a, you know, a delay or a variation or you know, a myriad of other things. And so we've conditioned our clients to look at our name coming up on the phone and go, oh, what do they want now? <laughs> and, so, and so if you can get into that habit of on a Monday morning or whenever works for you just to call your client for no other reason than to check in, and they actually you're then reconditioning your client to look forward to your call because you're actually just calling to chat about how was your weekend? Did you go hiking again? I know you like rock climbing. So did you get up to that that rock wall that you you said you wanted to a couple of weeks ago? Like you using those opportunities just to deepen that connection and that relationship. And um yeah, over the time they actually look forward to to the to your phone, your sorry, your name coming up on their phone as opposed to resenting it. Yeah, and, and I'd have to admit though, I'm not intentional with this, okay, with that aspect of it of of saying Monday mornings I'm going to reach out to people. Yep. Um, uh, for me, it's it's um, it's in every interaction I try to be intentionally provide more value than I like go above and beyond every single time. So a lot of the relationships get deeper because of. Um, the, um, those those times where you've um, gone gone out of your way to to really provide value to the other person, and then yep. they remember they remember that. So um, it could be something that's really troubling them, especially if it's your friend. They might be having something really troublesome, and if you actually go out of your way to really listen and help them, that relationship will get so much deeper than. Than, than just that surface level. And um, so some of that is proactive and, and, and intentional. So um, it could be even in your social circles. Um, you know, you, you could be networking and you go and you network and you talk to the same five people that you talked to at the last networking event you went to. Um, that's probably not going to enhance your, your client 
connections and opportunities, right? So a, a better way would be to introduce the person that you know really well to the person that you just met five minutes ago and yep. see, if they're, see if they've got any sort of common ground. And then, you know, between the three of you becomes a triangle of, of connection, right? And, and so, um, yeah, that, that can be very helpful in building more client relationships is trying not to see it as... Um, as fixed it's like it's like a network of people that are all interacting and helping each other and how can you help them help themselves in a way and um yeah this that could go on forever there's so many things good yeah about this. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah mate yeah I, lo- I loved our conversation i've just got i've, I've got two more questions for you because i'm just conscious of time um actually maybe three um we'll see your your current role as ceo um Obviously, and you talked before, and I love what you talked about in terms of each new role has just been a progression on the past in terms of you're bringing your current skill set and then you're adding some more skill sets on as you as you progress into each different role. Um, CEO, um, what do you love most about the role and what's most challenging about the role so far? Um, the most challenging is the analytical, analytical thinking. Um, you, I have this... Um, Past, my past self would have wanted to um, know all information before I make a decision. Yep. And that doesn't serve myself or the business. If we've got good people in place and they've um, worked out a way of doing something, um, I've got to make my decisions differently. I can't, I can't try and then overanalyze it myself to make sure that their decision is also correct. You know, I've got to, I've got to um, yeah, I've got to allow that to happen. Bit of, bit of trust and faith in the people around you. That's right. Yeah, good. Uh, and what do you like most about the role? Um, well, as you can tell, I like this emotional intelligence and the people part of it. So it really opens up um, that aspect to me. So I'm, my role is people, right? So um, as CEO, I've got to um, you know, talk to my our, our own people, our staff, and and that's what I get to work on every day. Um, uh, so I don't have as much passion about the real technical um, problem on a project that requires a lot of, a lot of um, study and thought. I, I definitely enjoy the, the people side of my role. Mate, I can tell. <laughs> All right, final question, and I, I definitely haven't prepared you for this, but um, so, and I always like to ask this at the end of each of my podcasts, um, so say, based on your career to date, your lessons learned, your wins, your failures, you know, all the, all the things that you've learned over the years, say you had the opportunity to go back 10 years and have a, have a chat to the 10-year younger version of yourself, um, what advice, based on the stuff that you now know, what advice would you give to the 10-year younger version of yourself? Um provide yourself with more self-care and treat yourself um, the way that you treat others because um, uh, my younger self uh, neglected myself and put everything on my shoulders and believed that I could achieve it all. So, uh, you know, it's awesome to climb the ladder and achieve, achieve all the results. But if you get there and you burn out and you're stressed and you're angry and you're snapping at people, then it was not worth it, right? So my younger self would be more self-aware and be aware of um, uh, where I'm at and be and, and just have that patience and 
but just to prioritize self-care. So it could be, um, yeah, meditation or relaxation or all these things that I, I never did. Like growing up in my career, uh, even at school, I tried to not have a sick day at, at, at work. At work, I try not to have a holiday. Like a holiday? Like who wants a holiday, right? So it's that masculine energy of I can do it, I can achieve, you know. Like if I was to give advice to my younger self, it would be to um, relax and rest. Mate, such good advice, particularly at the moment because the industry is insanely busy and I'm sure there's a fair few people who are burning the candle at both ends and are not looking after themselves. So, Yeah, um, if, if I find my staff are working late, I tell them to stop. Like, and, it, and if any of your listeners are burning the midnight oil to, te- to 10, even 10, 11, 12 o'clock, unless you started your day at um, you know, 4 p.m., <laughs> yeah. you, you need to uh, turn off and, and leave it for another day because the problem will always be there for you to pick up the next day. Yep, you'll just be a bit fresher. Yep, exactly. Jeremy, Makey, thank, thank you so much for... Um, your time together today mate i've loved the convo um i wasn't expecting for it to go where it did so it was absolutely awesome um thank you so much um where can people follow along you and your journey linkedin or any yeah, other places um, yeah we're we're pretty active on on linkedin as our main our main thing um and we're um um uh, yeah we're really keen to connect there on linkedin yeah good mate well, again, thank you for your time, mate. I can't wait to follow along on the journey. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks heaps for agreeing to catch up. Yeah, thank you. Hi there. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. Don't forget, if you'd like some help growing yourself, your team, or your business even faster, head over to my website, www.coachignite.com for more resources. We'll book in a call and we'll map out a plan together for you to move forward with confidence. Don't forget also to hit the subscribe button so you get notified about future episodes. Take care, my friends, and see you again soon.